yogis are uh, half poet and half scientist. They're both, you know. They want to look at the, the, the symbolic and metaphoric meaning of things in life. Things aren't just things. Things um, have both a symbolic meaning and also a literal meaning. So you have to learn how to sort of use both sides of your brain to, to get sort of full optimal use. So you start to uh, look at you look at the world a little bit differently. The part of the yogic training is to help you to have a very very flexible mind, you know, so that you don't get locked into a point of view. <laughs> You can have a structural point of view, which is fine, because you have to get things done. But you should also say, well, there's a multiplicity of possibilities, <laughs> you know. So I'm functioning along a point of view, but it's not the only reality. There's many, many other possibilities. So that kind of habit has to get with you, so that you don't, you, you break the vision of, it's either this or that. No, no. <laughs> no way. No way. You know, there's infinite, infinite, infinite space between those points, and there's all kinds of activities going on. So, in in the yogic study, as as human beings, you know, we if we look out at a rock, and then say, okay. What is the symbolism of that? What is the metaphor of rock? Well, it's, it's stable. It's generally slow moving. It's generally slow to change. You know, it's not in a hurry to get anywhere. <laughs> so, we have to say, okay, if it's out there, where is it here? So we have to look for the, the rock nature in our own body, in our own emotion, in our own mind. Now sometimes the rock nature is positive, sometimes not so positive. But until you find a way of looking at it and a way of thinking about it, uh, to, to say, how is this metaphor uh, functioning in myself, you take no action because it's unexamined. See? So your bones being like a rock, maybe that's pretty good, you know? It's, 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 is it changing? Yeah, the bones are constantly changing, but it's slow to change, just like a rock. Is the rock changing? Yeah, but it's slow to change. That's good, it's okay. But how about your emotions? <laughs> you know? You don't necessarily want to have rock emotions. <laughs> maybe not so good. <laughs> maybe, maybe emotions should be a little bit more fluid. To, to, to grasp the nuances of life. I mean, if I just dealt with Craig in one way and, and didn't deal with the nuances of, of Craig's life and his constantly changing life, it wouldn't be so good. You know, he'd be like talking to Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Something very stuck in one place. So, these, these analogies have to really be looked at so we call the we're talking about rock, river, sky, sort of a, a yogi's journey. 
And that's really, really true. Just to see how and where we are in our, in our evolution. We have to have a way of, of stopping and to evaluate ourselves against something. See? It, it, these are tools of, of, of helping us to become self-reflective. And do I have a stony personality? <laughs> you know? Or do I have a personality more like a river? The river is, is one of those beautiful analogies. A river is, is fluid and inherently self-purifying. You know, if, you, if you have a, a swiftly moving river, and you throw a pile of dung into it here, 500 feet down the way, it'll be completely purified. Completely purified. You see? So that, that's the thing. We have, to, we have to constantly think about, you know, has my life become stagnant like a rock? Or am I in a more fluid condition? And, and, to, and to work to move ourselves along, you know, physically, psychologically, emotionally, you know, in an action way, to become more fluid. See? But it, it's not in the concept. You, when you go to the ocean or you go to a river, you should really think about it. Don't just see a bunch of water flowing by. The truth is, is everything you see out there is hidden somewhere in here. And that's, that's what the yogi wants to, to get you to a point of is sort of not walking through the world like an, like an isolated cell, but to try to pass through the wor world um, with a type of intimacy with everything, where, where you realize that you're sort of in a cosmic show, and all the elements of your being are, have manifested around you. Like we think this is it, this is who we are, what's contained within this mortal coil. That's not really an accurate point of view. <laughs> that is the common point of view, but it's not really accurate. At that point, we're, we have so much hidden here that we don't examine. So heaven has made it easy. It, it, it has everything here, but it put everything there also. So that you can you could examine these with your external senses. See? In the yogic process, everything we examine with the internal process. Here, this way, through meditation, we see everything. Most people haven't gotten to that point in their life yet. So heaven, through its infinite beneficence, has put everything that's here right out there. See? It's right out there. It's just no one told you that all of that is you. No one told you that every bit of it is, is you. So, this is where like people who are in the ecology movement and back to the earth and all <coughs> kind of movements, they're, what they're doing is they're unconsciously coming back to a yogic point of view. Where they're, they're saying, honor the earth, honor the sky, you know, honor the waters, honor the forest. They're unconsciously honoring their sacred self. They're coming back to themselves. You know, why are they fuller, wholer, happier? 
because they're finding themselves, they're honoring themselves, and they're having some kind of reverential point of view. See? As, as they go further in, in, their, uh, in their personal evolution, in their personal development, they'll, they'll go to the forest, they'll go to the river, they'll look at the sky, and then they'll become still. Boom, what happens? Meditation starts happening. What happens? Prayer starts to happen. Everybody at some time in their life sort of says a, a, a spontaneous prayer when they see uh, the Grand Canyon or they see an ocean or they, uh, or they feel the si silence of a forest. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, a hidden spontaneous prayer that, that you know that this is more than what it seems. Something, God is doing something here. Everybody has that experience. You can even go into a Grand Cave and go, wow. You know, look what God did. God is doing something here. So, the, the, the thing is, is to, uh, to find a way of developing greater intimacy with life. And knowing that, that your existence doesn't stop with this corporeal piece of clay. That this is just part of one experience, one expression one thing see there there is no other out there it's it's all you it's all of you but we have to stop because this point of view is not massly supported see no one's going to say that's you see? you know we have to uh you have to be around yogis to, for them to tell you that's you and then and, and then to say well how do i integrate that well, be still and observe. Be still and think. No one ever told you this. Okay, walking down the street, stop. Look at that piece of grass. What is the nature of that grass? And then where? Then after you think about it, where is that in you? Where is that in you? Because it's definitely there. It can't be there and not here. You're, you're all part of the same system. You're all part of the same system. It's all of you. The question is, no one asked you to stop and take the time to say, well, symbolically, what is the nature of grass? You know, its color, its, its form, you know, it, its existence, its very existence. It, everything you see is singing some type of a song. It's up to you to, to develop your type of creative intelligence to try to hear its song. The moment you hear its song, you can find it very easily inside yourself. There's many yogic practices called Nada Yoga. People think that uh, there's no music inside. That's absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. They just haven't been quiet enough to hear it. And every single one of you has multiple, multiple, multiple songs going on inside of you. And, and many of these songs are common. If you sit in yoga, and you, you close off the ears and listen into the right right ear and listen deeply. The first thing you're gonna hear, the first common sound you're gonna hear is the blood rushing. You hear the blood, you'll hear the heart and you'll hear the blood. But if your concentration gets deeper, then you'll start to hear a whole bunch of other sounds that exist in every one of us. You'll hear a sound of uh, if you, if you can imagine a beehive 
and putting your ear up against the beehive, <laughs> just like that. Absolutely just like that. It sounds like a thousand bees, and, and it's not like quiet, it's loud, very, very loud. It sounds like a lot of bees. And then there's, yes, yes. Why is it the right? Well, one is ascending. It seems the like other, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the right ear. Ascending. 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 Yeah. The energy is ascending. Okay. You know, you'll hear a, a sound like a gong, just like a big gong, gong, like those um, Dutch, um, Tibetan bell things they, they ring, just like that, huh. you know. Uh, you'll hear the sound of like little tiny bells, it'll be like little Chinese bells, tinkle, 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 like a tinkling, tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. You'll, you'll, you'll hear the sound of flutes, and every single one of you, these sounds are actually happening right this second, you'll hear the sound of flutes. Um, as you as you go deeper in, uh, you'll you'll hear the sound of a river, and then oh, before you hear the river, you'll hear the sound. It'll sound like water falling into a bathtub. That's what it'll sound like. It'll sound just like that when you're filling a bathtub with water, and then that sound will turn into the sound of like a river. See, it'll sound just like you're sitting next to a river, exactly. See, see that sound out there is here. It's actually here, and then you'll start. To, then you'll hear the sound of a, a massive waterfall. I mean, just like you're standing next to Niagara Falls or something. That tremendous rubble, you know, rumble, thunderous, thunderous sound. And if you keep concentrating, forget it. <laughs> then you're gone. <laughs> then uh, you, you get this cosmic banaka explosion. But uh, it's, it's not the, what, what happens after that can't be said in. in this land in, in, in these words but that that is common to every single one in the room everybody here has that phenomena going in you'll every one of you will experience those phenomena the, the the but that's the thing no one told you to listen no one told you to listen they didn't tell you to listen they didn't tell you to be patient they didn't tell you how to listen see but can you experience those things absolutely absolutely you know once you experience those things, can people say it's not so? They can say it's not so, but you know it's so. That's, that's why I always say it's like an elephant stepping on your foot. <laughs> Just because they didn't see it <laughs> doesn't mean it's not so. If it stepped on your foot, you know it's so. Good. You know, it, it's, it's, there is, in deep yoga, there's no more maybes. And, and that's what I always try to get people to. Forget all, if someone says maybe to me, it means they don't know. They just don't know. They may be well-meaning, well good-enchanted, but they don't know. There's no room for maybe in, in deep yoga, none at all. You know, either, either these phenomena happen, and they, they happen, it's not like a hallucination, which is what the early students have, you know, but repeatable, not sought after, just simply be present, fulfill the technique, and see. See what happens. And have the patience. Have the patience to sit it out and see what goes on. In the beginning, it's very tough, very slow. And you think, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, nothing's happening. But it's, you have to get through your own rock nature, <laughs> your own psychic closed doors, your own sense of nothing's possible, nothing's happening, this is nonsense. You have to be able to outweigh your own rock. See? And then the, the more fluid side of you starts to pick up, the, the more flowing side of you. And you say, oh, I didn't notice that. Look at that. And then you sit with that. And slowly, 
that sound will bleed into another sound, and then that sound will bleed into another sound. And, and so you'll go from this rock, then you'll go to the river, and, and going from sound to sound to sound, and I forgot one of the sounds, there's another sound that is very common that you'll hear very, very clearly. If you're in an airport, and, and you, you can hear, like a, there's like a jet on the tarmac, uh, the jet engine will make like a type of high whistle. There's a high whistle to those jet engines when they're just sitting there. It's exactly like that. Exactly like that. It's one of the sounds that you'll hear. And it lasts a long time. But it'll bleed into another sound over time. Over time. And so you'll go from this rock, which is stable, but not very progressive. <laughs> you know? It's, it's got its own ways, but it's not, not progressive. Then you'll move to the river, where the river is a state of dynamic fluid change, where, where you're looking, you're questioning, you're experimenting, you're purifying. You're in that fluid, fluidity. Then the sky section is, is when you start to have the process of revelation occur. And, and revelation is natural to every human being. It's, it's there. You just have to prep the ground. You just have to prep the ground. And then all of these things happen. And then in these types of revelations, this, this sky type of mentality, you, you move beyond uh, your definable, uh, you, you move beyond your definable body, your definable emotions, your de definable um, mental and, and intellectual facilities where it's purely experiential. It's like the sky. You get really, really, really big. And if, if you think about the sky, the, the, the sky is, is an interesting um, paradox. The sky holds everything and holds nothing at the same time. It's, it's not gripping anything, but it consumes everything. See? Isn't that an interesting psychological state? Where you're, you're holding everything and not holding everything at the same time. It's un it's a state of a type of freedom where everything is is there you, you're with everything you possess everything but you're not holding on to anything <laughs> isn't that extraordinary an unusual state of mind <clears throat> but <clears throat> there's also a tremendous freedom in that state of mind you know because think of all the things that we hold and then all the things that we're trying to push away and we have an emotional tie to both of these situations is there any freedom in that <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. But the sky, and, and that sky represents a type of consciousness that is definitely attainable, where everything is possessed, and also everything is not held. It's held and not held at the same time. Extraordinary. You, know, you have possession of everything, but chained by nothing at the same time. Now, don't you think you can get a good night's sleep with that? <laughs> don't you think that's a state of yogic ease? <laughs> to, be, to be able to hold everything, but not be bound to anything? That, that psychic ease that can, that, that can occur? These are, these are, the, these are the states uh, that we all go through in, in our, our journey. Of, but, as, but these are... Th ideas that we have to constantly keep in our, our minds. Just, you know, 
you know, when you see yourself getting a little bit angry and getting a hard, hardening into a position, you have to realize, wait a minute, I'm being a little rocky here. <laughs> you have to have a way of looking at yourself, you know, as opposed to just doing without reflection. I'm getting a bit rocky. Think about it. Okay, well, how can I become a little bit more fluid? Because the fluid condition is inherently creative, inherently purificatory. See? So if you're getting a little bit rocky, you're holding on to a hard position, think about how can I soften some edges? How can I be a little bit more fluid? How can I be a little bit more creative? You know? hmm. How can I purify the situation? You know, why does my hard position have to be absolutely so? See? It gives you a position of, okay, it gives you an ability to be a little self-reflective and say, okay, let me be more fluid. And then, eventually, how can you just be completely open like the sky? <laughs> you know, where it doesn't make a difference what someone says, so what someone does. You're, you hold on to an open nature, a completely open nature. See? So, like, the, the sky gives us a, a type of beneficence, an openness, you know, uh, it fulfills everything. It allows everything to be possible. Without that openness, how could this, without the infinite spaciousness, how can the finite be? The finite exists within the spaciousness. See? You, you can't separate them. See? It allows it all to be. And it allows it all to be unmolested. So can we imagine going through life, allowing everybody to be? without superimposing our feelings, our emotions, our impressions, our history on everybody. <laughs> you know, this is how it should be. This guy doesn't say that. You know, the, the sky allows the Gandhi and the criminal to walk and to live and to breathe and, and maintains an unperturbed state. Yes, Ruth. Yes, how does that fit with our wanting ourselves to develop and wanting to give others the chance to develop, because that's sure. the direction. Sure. Well, but that's, that's a really lovely question. That's where you say, you have to see where you are. Mm -hmm. Where you are is in the, in the river, in the, the mm -hmm. fluid, mm -hmm. perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. You know, Lord Buddha sitting in meditation, or, or uh, uh, Jesus sitting in prayer, that's the sky stage. <laughs> that's the sky. Mm. See? But, right. so we, we have to see where we are yeah, that's good. and try to apply it to the best. Because mm -hmm. that fluid stage is, is both creative and uh, purificatory. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah, it's okay. both of those things. So we have to learn to just say, okay, how can I apply some creativity? How can I how can I purify that this situation and realize that uh, purification is is three sixty? It's not oh just there. It's here. <laughs> it's not, that that's the thing. We're we're, we're trying to get an integration. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so that when we when we we're passing through the world, we're not just a machine going through with just what's in our head, and we we sort of close <laughs> off everything else. Mm -hmm. We have to pass through the world trying to develop an intimacy. See, so a lot of stuff I'll say sounds a little bit strange in the beginning. Like, you'll say, okay, that tree is just a tree. So what? 
that's a very closed condition as opposed to that tree is a friend but it may be not a friend like a human being well but it can still be a friend you know it, it, it's 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 a it's a fellow being of a different nature see that's what we're trying to get people to understand it's a fellow being of a different nature so the grass is not just grass, and the earth is not just earth, and the sky is not just sky. You know, we, we, we have to get the habit of, of having a sensitivity. If we were more sensitive, if, if we were just to be able to stop and be still, all of those things that you see out there, the grass and the trees and the leaves, all of them, just like I said, there's many, many hidden uh, sounds going on inside of you. It's act there also. Mm. It's just that we're not sensitive. Mm. That's all. It, it, it's just we haven't developed the sensitivity. But if, if, if you can learn to acquire a, a quietness inside with your eyes closed, over time you can learn to acquire a quietness outside with your eyes open and you'll start to see more of what's going on and in the beginning it's quite shocking in the beginning there's a, a, a certain amount of confusion that occurs because you start to see more of what's going on what's what, what actually is what's really unnerving is the person right next to you is not seeing it <laughs> and you're wondering <laughs> you know, what's happening to your mind you know you You'll open your eyes and everything will blaze with light. And you'll, you know, nobody else saw that, you know. It can be a little bit unnerving. But then, after you get used to it, you just realize, okay, it's just the mind is, is becoming a little purer, a little bit more still. So, the, the, the arising of things, nature, things, but you don't have to work for anything. Things become self-evident. The more still the more alert and the more concentrated your mind becomes. That's for everybody. That is for everybody. So that's why the, every yogi from every tradition says, sit still. There's a reason for that. <laughs> you know? even, the, even if there's no cross-cultural communication, they all say, sit still. There's a reason for that. Because you start to, that's what, you know, when I was a kid, I used to think, what is God doing? <laughs> that was one of the questions in my head. What is God doing? I have no idea what he's doing. <laughs> you know, and that's one of the beauties of yoga, is that, that you, you, you start to come on this type of adventure where you start to see what God's doing. You know, like we have just a very mundane, flat, you know, vision of what's going on. But if you, if you learn to sit quietly and, and be ruthlessly honest and ruthlessly still, all kinds of stuff starts happening. All kinds of stuff starts happening. And it's, it's, not, it's always there. It's just that we didn't know. No one told us how to get into a particular state to be quiet enough and concentrated enough to have the natural arising of things occur. Mm -hmm. you know? it's, it's, it's all there. It's, it's all there. You know, every, every flower, every single flower on the earth has a particular nature. It's, it's a, every flower... It's like a ray of God. That's the God's honest truth. Every flower you see and every tree you see, it has a very particular song of God that is singing. 
and a very particular nature. Why do you have different herbs that have different qualities that will affect us this way and affect us that way? Every herb, every spice will affect this human body one way or the other. See? That's, it, it, it has a quiet nature that it will share with you. You know, by ingesting it, you show, you know, why do yogis say don't eat the meat? Mm. One of the reasons is, well, whatever meat you eat, you, so, you start to take on the nature of that creature. But there's another reason, is that often those animals are killed uh, in a cruel way and in a state of fear. So that flesh is um, imbued with that vibration. When you ingest it, don't you think you're going to become more fearful? I mean, the guy in front of you just had his head cut off, his neck, neck, you know, cut. You know, the, the cattle, or uh, these guns that hit them in the head. Don't you think the guy behind him saw that and knows he's next in line? Can you imagine the rush of fear that that poor creature has? And then you ingest it? You know, do you think, you know, why do you think you're a little bit neurotic sometimes? Come on. You, know, you, you, you just ate. A, a, you know, a bucket of fear. So you have to understand these things. Everything has a vibration. Everything has a song. And, and the, the key is to start to integrate yourself both inside and outside with what's really going on. Not just what you created. It's what with the creation, not your creation. All of us try to see ourselves as mini-gods. I am this. I have this education. I have these strengths. You know, we're like, we all want to be like mini-moguls, little gods, you know, as opposed to being part of a reality. We want to be the reality. I want you to see my way, my feelings, my mind, my way is the valid, you know. It's like the, it's like in the... You know, the Galilean times where we, we said uh, the universe circles around, the sun circle around the earth. You know, same, that same mentality. As opposed to, I'm, all of this is me. All of it is me. And by <clears throat> learning to examine the nature of the grasses and learning to examine the nature of the trees, which are generally not as neurotic as human beings are, they're, they're more pure expressions of something of God nature, if you can find it there in a non-neurotic state, you can find it here. So that you start to realize a, a greater wholeness. A greater wholeness. Because if, if you leave nature alone, unmolested, it'll come to a balance. It'll come to a healthy, functional balance. There won't be a neurosis in the system. It's when man mucks it up that a neurosis occurs in the, in, in the body. You know, we damaged the Great Plains and billions of tons of earth topsoil blew away. Man did that. It was perfectly happy, perfectly stable until our mischief got involved. Our ego, see, the, the, the concept of, of conquering, of, of dominion over, as opposed to cooperative nature with, you know, being a part of the body of life. See, this idea of dominion. Unfortunate, very, really unfortunate. So, the yogi is, is just trying to get you to be sensitive, uh, trying to get you to slow down, trying to get you to be 
less self-obsessed. See, less self-obsessed. When you start to realize it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. And even the very simple that we're all born in community. Did anybody here get born by themselves? There was at least one other person present. <laughs> so you're born in community. So why do you start thinking, trying to build a mountain and a castle and that you're the top of it? You know, you, you were born in community, so why do you want this castle? No. You know, stop thinking that your, your existence is limited to, to, to just this flesh. You know, that this flesh that is on this body and the, and the flesh of the earth and the flesh of the tree is also part of me. It's, it's part of my expression. So when you see a man or woman look in the mirror and say, oh, my face, my face. Well, why don't you start looking for your face out there? Start to see your face out there also. Don't limit it to here. See? If you take care of your face here, and then you start to realize that that's part of your face, part of your flesh out there, don't you think you're going to start to take care of it? Because now it's part of your flesh. See? This... Yeah. I don't want to ask too many questions here. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, can't we say some of this is good, not the mess we've made, but mm. that we're on the road to a self-awareness. Of course. That, you know, but, I mean, sometimes it's just, oh, we're so horrible, but we're taking a, a bad step towards something better. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. We're, we're all, no creature likes pain. Yeah. No, no creature likes pain. All, all creatures want to move towards wholeness and, and, and joy. But it's not possible to move towards wholeness and joy in, in, unless you realize that you're part of a grand system. Mm -hmm. See? If I'm just taking care of this and not taking care of that, down the road there's no joy. Mm. Down the road there's no health. If I say, I'm going to take all my vitamins and all my vegetables, and then I go pollute the earth, did I? Did, yeah. it, it's going to come back. It's going to come back on on this course, this part of the reality. Mm -hmm. See, so in in the in in that's why I think everybody should garden. Everybody should take nature walks. Everybody should. You know, every school in the country should have a garden. Every school in the country should have a garden. Every school in the country should, in the country should take children on walks. Every one of them should. So that they become personalized. They become integrated. Mm -hmm. The forest and the river and the sky is not the other. Mm -hmm. It's not the other. Mm -hmm. See? We're, we, we isolate ourselves. Mm -hmm. Nobody, no healthy person wants to mutilate themselves. See? No healthy person wants mm -hmm. to damage themselves. Mm -hmm. When you realize that that's part of yourself, you can no longer damage it. See? And, and the, the thing is, because we're sort of like little acorn mines, very tight <laughs> and small, we, we just think, okay, this is my dream reality, and this is the reality. And the, the yogi desperately, desperately, desperately wants you to realize that that is part of your flesh, that is part of your body. That we have a very, very strong dream that this is me. This is me. That's a very, very powerful dream. And the yogi wants you to emotionally relax. Emotionally relax. Psychologically relax. 
to, to, to turn to acquire some intimacy with nature. They want you to be bigger, you know, not just me, not just my family, not just my nature, but the nature itself is part of your flesh. That, that's why you'll see, um, even in, in scriptures, you'll, you'll see different times where various masters are, are walking and they'll talk about the earth, and they'll talk about the trees, and look, look at the, like, or, or St. Francis who had tremendous intimacy, you know, with the birds and even the wild wolf and all of this. Those are all real stories. That's not a joke. It's, it's, it's real history. That, that kind of intimacy is open to everybody with a certain amount of training. That's, that's all. So the yogi wants you to expand. The yogi doesn't want you to contract. The yogi wants you to expand larger and larger vistas, become part of your beingness. And as they become part of your beingness, it's very hard to hurt it. Hurt it. It's very hard to damage it. You, know, you, you want wellness. You want wholeness. You want fullness. That, that sort of becomes your, your, your nature. Just like when a gardener looks at the garden, there's a communion. You know, anyone who's gardening put their hands in earth know that there's a feeling. There's a feeling to it. You know, and and you, know, you know all the wonderful possibilities. That, that lie, lie there, you know? And, and you know that, okay, well, this section I'm going to put my herbs and I'm going to put my vegetables and I'm going to do some weeding here, but mm -hmm. to leave the weeds over there also, okay. Mm -hmm. Let them be. Let them be. Don't, don't disrupt them. They, they have a right to life. And then, who called it a weed? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It has a right. It has a right of existence. It has a right of expression. See? See that dominion again? The dominion mind has to be worn down. It has a right. What we call a weed, who said it was a weed? Did God call it a weed? I don't think so. God called it a, a child, another child singing this song and singing that song. And half the time we, we, we dig up these weeds and then we find they have all kinds of herbal value. Yeah. You know? What we were calling a weed, like in the East, a lot of times, oh, the dandelion, oh, it's... Get that out. It's a big headache. Do you know how the, yeah. the root of that dandelion, how potent and how useful it is in, in, in herbology? You know, but we're digging it out and tossing it away. Isn't that the arrogance of man? You know? You know? Like we knew its real song. We never sat with it to know its song. So we just thought it was something other. See? So it, it, this is the sort of the joy. Like there's... Um, there's a, a yogic practice um, uh, where first you just say you practice a bunch of mantras just to calm, calm down the mind. And then you're sitting just like I'm sitting. And you're sitting, and this is a practice done outside. And then the, this, this uh, thing is to, to gaze forward. You can't look left, can't look right, you can't look up, you can't look down. Just gaze forward. And then. The, Everything in your gaze, you have to pray for. You have to, anything that you witness, you have to say a prayer of goodwill towards. See? Now, this is going to break your mind a little bit, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that you never thought to pray about. You never thought to have, to, to acquire a sense of goodwill. Oh, a rock is just a rock, and a squirrel is just a squirrel, and, you know, and the road is just a road. And you, See how the yogi wants to break your mind? Break your mind in a positive way? So that all of a sudden, I'm sitting here gazing, 
And now I'm going to start to pay attention to things I never paid attention to before. I never thought about before. And I only had a cursory awareness of it. But now you're sitting there and you're sitting there half hour, hour, hour and a half, two hours. You're going to start to notice more than you ever noticed before. Because no one ever told you to sit still and pay attention. And, and to look to see what's in front of you. You're not looking all over the place. You're just looking to see what's in front of you. I'm thinking, how am I going to pray for the earth? What's that mean to me? Isn't that a psychic crisis when you never prayed for the earth and it never had any meaning to you? Now the teacher says, pray for what's in front of you, and there's a leaf that dropped down. Well, what? In the beginning, these are all strangers, like a leaf, a relationship. It doesn't make any sense at first. But if the teacher tells you to, to sit there and to, and to develop a relationship, a prayerful relationship of goodwill, all of a sudden, over time, trying again and again, your heart starts to change. There's an alchemy that starts to acquire within you. No one ever asked you to do it before. So you never, you know, no one introduced you to it. No one told you that there was a, a, a possible intimate relationship. That the possibility was there. So you never inquired. But now, day after day, you open your eyes and you have to pray for that grass or pray for the squirrel that just ran by, you know, or the dog that just ran by. All of a sudden, because you're opening yourself in a loving way, in a prayerful way, and wishing it goodwill, and becoming stiller, don't you think a relationship, don't you think everything has a response to everything? Everything out there has a magnetic nature. Everything here has a magnetic nature. Don't you think when you project your nature, that in some way when you become quiet enough, that you, can, that you can touch its magnetic nature? Of course you can. Of course you can. It's just no one had, had you do it. No one had you do the exercise. You know? So all of a sudden, you, you're, starting to, you're giving prayers of goodwill towards every element. And, and sometimes you're, you'll get stuck. Like, how can I possibly pray for whatever it is? Some element will come up. It just meant you, you know, there's no relationship. There's no relationship because there's been no effort. So over time, it's really extraordinary. Your mind will become very, very creative over time. And everything that you see that you couldn't figure out how to have a relationship, how to, how to respect that it, it, it has some, some divine beingness, over time, you'll crack that nut. You'll crack that nut and you'll be shocked at... Wow, you, you, you'll, you'll literally have had completely novel thoughts. Completely novel mm. thoughts. Mm. Completely creative thoughts. Mm. It's just that you never put yourself in the situation mm. to allow that to open up in you. Mm. See? But now that you have to sit and you become aware of it, you say, okay, I want to say a prayer of goodwill for that. In the beginning, it means absolutely nothing. Like, what's that mean to pray for a rock? It means nothing. But... Take a little time. Open your heart a little bit. You, remember, God made that rock, just like God made you. And I don't think he saw a whole bunch of distinction between, <laughs> between the two. You know? There's hidden consciousness there and there's hidden consciousness here. But there's more arrogance here than there. <laughs> that's, the, that's the biggest difference. See? But if we can come to our open, natural state, and touch its open natural state, there's communion. 
this communion. See? I know all of this sounds crazy abstract, but this, if you want to evolve, this is where you're going. You know, this is where you're going. If you want to look at a Jesus or a Buddha or a Krishna, what didn't they honor? What didn't they love? Think about it. What didn't they honor and what didn't they love? See? So by starting to do these types of practices, you're starting to open yourself up. You know, the, the, the saint, the yogis, the masters, they're a friend to everything. This is a reality. They're a friend to everything. It's not just, you know, the human kingdom that they're concerned with. Not at all. The human kingdom, the animal kingdom, the natural kingdom. They're all friends. They're all friends. They're all just different states of consciousness. That's all they are. They're just different states of consciousness. So us sitting here as adults, we have our adult consciousness. When a baby comes along, don't we love and honor the baby? It's at a different state of awareness. Do we toss it out? I don't think so. So, so it, it's, it's consciousness is a little more elementary. It's, it's expression is a little bit more elementary. You love it. You embrace it. You kiss it. You hold it. You nurture it. What about there? What about the trees? What about the earth? See? Just, just realize it's, it's, it's more elementary consciousness. That's all. This, what created the baby, what created you, created that rock, and created that tree, created that river, created that sky. See? You, you just have to become emotionally integrated. You have to have a creative, intelligent vision to realize it's all a body. It's a one body. See? We, we, the, the purity and the stability and the simpleness of mind just have to occur, you know. But then, when you walk through the forest, think about the experience you have. You know, how, how, how much grander the experience is. You know? There's lots of different mystics that, that talk about the relationship that you can acquire with trees and plants. You know? and, and, and don't think that... E and even the trees and plants, there's multiple types of devas that are around these things. The multiple types of subtle intelligences that help the trees that help the plants they're there you know it's, it's you know don't don't think that we're the only intelligent thing <laughs> existing that's like saying you know the sun goes around the earth to think that we're the only intelligence it's nonsense there's all types of davies meaning little beings of light being conscious beings you know they're, they're all on their own evolutionary tracks. They all have their own place in manifestation. You know, you know the human, human beings are arrogant. We are very, very arrogant. You know, we think we're the center of the universe. The yogic training is to, is to make you humble and to, and to have you find your place in existence. See? To find your place in existence. You know, a person who can commit suicide is a person who has pulled themselves out far, far, far from communion with life. They've pulled themselves into a deep sense of isolation. Deep sense of isolation. That's why one time I, I said, I had a comment 
that there's no such thing as a yogi being alone. We, we never experience loneliness. Never experience loneliness. I don't care if there's nobody around or 10,000. We don't experience loneliness ever. Ever. It just doesn't exist. Why? Is it because everything becomes a friend? You know? You sit quietly and there's a quiet joy of communion. You, 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 everything is a friend. And you realize that divinity is always conscious. It's, it's always present in, in you. You know, it's like your gender in a way. Do you ever forget you're a male? Do you ever forget you're a female? No, there's always a conscious or unconscious remembrance of your gender you know, or of your species. It's always, it's always there. So the, the sense of, oh, of, of friends, of, of community, in the beginning, like as a, from a human being point of view, you think of everything as dumb, you know. From a yogi's point of view, we experience everything in terms of its nature, in terms of its nature. It's, see, there's a relationship. So it's not just a dumb birch tree out there. That birch tree has a particular nature, and we, in, we interact with that particular nature. See? So it's just another species of, of, of being fulfilling its own potentiality. So we, we're sharing space with it. We're sharing space with it. So it's a quiet friend that sits there fulfilling its nature within the, the scheme of within God's scheme. You know? That's why we can earnestly go over it. Just like if 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 I go over to Matthew and hug him, there's a genuine feeling of warmth. Genuine feeling. When I touch that tree or touch the earth, there's the same thing. There is absolutely no difference at all. There is a genuine feeling of goodwill. See? Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. You know, you're lovely as you are. See? That's that's what happens. You know? Mm. Yeah, hugging tree may may have more <laughs> That's what we love. Sometimes we go to the good place and all. Oh, grandpa, you know, like, cute, hugging us. Great feeling. <laughs> so, all of these feelings of isolation disappear. There's no sense of isolation at all. You're, you're, you, you're, you're living in a, in a, a community. You're never, you're never outside of a community. There's, there's, always, there's always a remembrance that God made that. So how can you not honor it? If, if you get that into your head, God made that. Right away, unless you're mentally ill, there should be respect. There should be respect. And then you, you learn how to touch things with your heart. And you should do that. You know, just start, go up and touch some grass, and then just touch it with your heart. Put your hand in it gently, and touch it with your heart. And just be still. Just start doing that. Just start doing that, and see what happens. See? That which you're touching is not dumb. It's not inanimate. You know, it's a spirit of God that you're touching there. But just quietly touch it with your heart. Don't expect anything. Just be open. Just put your hand in the grass 
or put your hand on the tree and touch it with your heart and be open. This is the kind of yogic experiments you must do. And then just see what happens. Don't expect anything. Just see what happens. Just see what happens. And keep doing it. Just keep touching things with your heart. You know what one of the things that will happen from, from your side and from the kingdom side? Is quietly a blessing will flow through you. Because you're not, you're not touching anything with the, a sense of dominion. You're, you're touching things with a sense of loving kindness. That is an element of God. And God will see that. And it will amplify that energy through you. So as you start to touch things, you will acquire a, a gift of divine touch. Later on, as you, as you get deeper and deeper into it, you'll become a healer. Even from something that simple. Because you'll allow yourself to become a living current of, of that phenomenon. So touch things with loving kindness and an open heart. Keep the mind still. The mind wants to create definitions. See? We, we, we want to create borders and boundaries of what's possible, what's not possible. We don't know what's possible and what's not possible. So quiet the mind down. Let it be open to see what to find out what's possible. Don't impose anything. So simple mind, loving, open heart. See? Just touch it. Just touch it with love. Quiet and just see what happens. And the, the thing is not a day or two here or there. Do it frequently. Do it every day. And see what happens. This is pure yogic experimentation. You know, to open your heart to other other beings and to see what happens. See? You'll, you'll see for yourself. So that, that is the, the yogic methodology. That's why I say yogis are part scientists and, and part poets. They're both things in one. You get this beautiful metaphoric point of view, and symbolic point of view, and then you say, well, okay, I, I have this vision. Now let me see how that integrates with the functional reality. See, the symbolic reality and functional reality. So these are the types of experiments, touching things with love and, and learning to sit still and to just simply gaze and to say a goodwill prayer towards everything that's directly in front of you. The eyes are not moving all over the place. Just a direct gaze in front of you. Whatever is there, start to pray for it lovingly, kindly. And see the type of alchemy that, that happens. There is a real alchemy that happens. But you, you have to open yourself. You have to allow yourself to be sensitive and kind. When you're sensitive and kind, things will approach you. See? But if most of the time, i got to do this, i got to get here, i got to go there. We're sort of a closed system. We're closed based on our notions, our mind. See? That closed system repulses, doesn't allow relationships. See? The, the yogi says, slow down. Be kind. You know, if you slow down and be kind, all kinds of things can approach you. See? You're not saying, you have to approach this way, you have to approach this way. It's the openness of, of heart, openness of mind, that allows nature to approach you. See? As opposed to, I've got to go here, and I've defined the grass, it's just the grass. It's like, it's like me defining you and not knowing you. Well, do I really know anything about you? But I've defined you. 
Oh, thanks. Well, it's 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 arrogance. It's ignorance. You know, cool out. <laughs> allow allow things to define themselves. Allow things to define themselves. How do you do that? By being open. By being kind. It'll approach you and say, "This is who I am. This is the song I sing." See. This is the this is pure yogic training. You know how do how do yogis become less and less violent because they more and more community. See? More and more this is part of me. You know? When it's other we can do all kinds of mischief. When we see it as part of our community, either we can see it as our friends or part of our greater body. How much mischief do we really want to do? We don't want to do much mischief. We want it to grow. We want it to be happy. But we, we have to just put ourselves in the position and have it become part of a sadhana. So that, you know, in, in, in yoga, we practice prayer, we practice mantra, we practice meditation, we practice good works. Those four things. Prayer, mantra, meditation, good works. That's what we do. That's our business. That's, that's the culture of our heart that we're always working on. So we're acquiring a particular type of disposition. It's not enough to acquire the disposition here. That, disp that disposition that we're acquiring, we have to open our eyes and realize it there. See? It's not just, oh, I'm happy, I'm happy here. No, no, no. That's, that you only got half the package. You got to be happy there when you open your eyes. You, you see what regular people see, and then you see far more. So you have to understand what regular people see their conventional point of view. But you have to look deeper into it. Why is a mystic a mystic? Because they're seeing the, the, the natural revelation of life occurring beyond the common vision. They see the common vision, but they also see the natural revelation that's going on. Because they've taken the time to open their hearts and open their eyes and open, open their mind. You know, stop defining everything. Let, let it introduce itself. Be kind, and it'll say, oh, hello. You say hello, it'll say hello back. So you put, put yourself in a situation. Put yourself in a situation to create a relationship. See? So you saw in the early history of Native Americans, they prayed to the plants. If they had to take an animal, they prayed and, and thanked it for, for continuing the system of life by, through its sacrifice. You know, the word love and sacrifice are synonymous. You can't, you can't separate the two words. Sacrifice and love, absolutely the same thing. Absolutely the same thing. Sacrifice and love. So with all the plants, they made sure they never over-harvested. They allowed all types of plants to prosper. They took what they needed. They didn't take in excess. See, that's all reverential. And, and when they offered the plants, when they offered the prayers, they offered it with prayers. Thank you to the greater system. Thank you to the greater system. It'll be imbibed in me, and I'll take that energy out and share it again. See, so it's a constant system of receiving and giving, receiving and giving. So it's not like, thanks, I took it, it's good for me, call it a day. That's illness. That, that's mental illness. Absorb it in, and then give it back out. Give it back out so that there's a constant system. There's a constant healthy ecology. You know, you know, a river that doesn't flow becomes stagnant, unhealthy, toxic. See, when it's when it's flowing, it's self-purificatory, 
it'll clean itself. See? No matter what rubbish you toss into it, it'll clean it up. See? If you allow it to be, allow it to flow. So these are the types of things that we want you to, we want to first put it on the table that a relationship is possible and that not to take, not to take the elements of, of life for granted, you know. And if you have a person who has a lot of depression, a lot of sense of isolation, get them into nature, get them into gardening, get them into taking walks in the forest, you know, because it's inherently healthy. You know, they won't be consciously, they won't be consciously aware of what's going on. But unconsciously, because the ecology is, is naturally balanced, it'll start to balance the emotions and balance the mind. And then to the, the teach a sense of communion, you know, and get them involved. You want to break depression, get people involved in doing something in nature. It'll break the depression, see? It'll break the sense of isolation, see? So... And we all have friends that get depressed. And we all sometimes get depressed. It happens as part of the ups and downs of life. You know? Get get reintegrated. Get reintegrated. Put your hands in the earth. You know. It it, it is a medicine. The earth itself is a medicine. See? You know. In the higher states of meditation, when you look at the sky, it's also medicine. Because our minds are up and down, up and down, up and down. Easily disturbed, easily perturbed. One of the yogic exercises is to gaze into space. The spaciousness is inherently stable, inherently open. You'll, you'll start to reflect that in your emotions, your, your spaciousness. So that it's to simply, and they often in the river or in, on the ocean or in the mountain, just to simply sit and gaze. You become like what you associate with. You become like what you associate with. So if you sit and gaze, and be still, and be open, don't judge anything, don't think about so much, too much activity of mind. Let the mind become more still. Simply gaze. Simply be present. Whatever emotions arise, let them be. Let them dissolve. You will become like what you associate with. You will become stable and open simply by gazing. Simply by gazing. Any kind of feeling that comes up, let it be. Let it be. Just like the sky lets things come and go, lets all of humanity chat, 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 and then doesn't, doesn't impose anything on us. Same thing. Just as you do that, you'll become less imposing. You'll learn how to hold everything and be tied by nothing. See? You'll... That is a representation of your higher consciousness. It's part of your higher consciousness. You just have to learn to be present with it. We, we, if you don't pay attention, you don't know. But if you pay attention and say, okay, I'm going to sit here for a half hour and simply sit and gaze and allow everything to be. I'm not going to possess any thought. I'm not going to possess any emotion. I'm just going to be present. That's your, your exercise, is to be aware and be present. That's it. That's your whole deal. And I'm going to sit, I'm going to put my little timer here, and I'm going to sit for a half hour. Just gaze and be present. After that half hour, look at the nature of your emotions. Look at the nature of your mind. See what happened. 
by you being present and allowing just to be open, just to be open. See, run the experiment yourself. See, that's the only way you'll know. Run the experiment yourself. The key is to be present, to be open, be attentive. You're just being present. Just do it for a half hour. See what happens. See what happens. You know? The beauty of these types of exercises is when you start to become anxious, when you start to become neurotic, you'll have something from heaven's medicine cabinet. You know? Not from the pharmacy down the block. <laughs> you know? Go outside. Take a breath. Find a quiet space and gaze. You know? You'll restabilize yourself. You'll restabilize yourself. You won't take all of your stuff so seriously. See? That openness will come again. We take stuff seriously, and then it's like a tighter and tighter ball where it's more and more important. <laughs> How important can it be? We're going to come and go in a hundred years. Yeah? And there's a gazillion years both ways coming and going. <laughs> How important could it really have been? You know? Whatever it is. So, so that's we, we take ourselves a bit seriously. That's because we have the mini-mogul consciousness. We all want to be gods. So we think we're like ultimately important. But uh, the yogi is a very natural being. Very natural being. You know, they're not big, they're not small. They're not long, they're not short. They're just a wave. They're just a wave in nature. That's it. They're just a wave in nature. You know, not too complicated. As we're, we're very complicated structures, you know. <laughs> We've built all kinds of edifices. Ah, yeah. You know. <coughs> Yogi's just a wave. It's just a wave in nature. That's it. You know. Much, much easier. Much, much simpler. You know. And it's a wave in nature created by God created by God, you know. So was there a difference between Jesus and God, Buddha and God, Krishna and God? I don't think so. I don't think so. They, they were just part of divine consciousness, divine creation, divine beingness, you know. What they did that was nice was they opened their mouth and said and demonstrated what that is, you know, what that is in nature not what that is in self-creation. So they were put in every circumstance that we all put in, every kind of trouble, every kind of crisis. But they said, this is what I am, this is what I express under all these conditions. See? So when the king sent an elephant to, to run down Lord Buddha, the elephant pranamed in front of him because the elephant realized what he was. <laughs> you know? So... Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Why didn't he take the fastest camel out of town? <laughs> you know, think about it. No, he, he, he wanted to show the love and the mercy and sacrifice to man. He, he was being perfectly natural. He was being perfectly what he was. Us, we would have been on the fastest camel out of town. <laughs> you know, we would put distance between our headache 
and uh, our bodies. But no, he prayed. The revelation of what he was became self-evident. And, and for all time, that, that message is there. That message is there. He was perfectly what he was. He, should, he was demonstrating part of, part of the consciousness of God. Krishna did the same thing. Gautama Buddha did the same thing. And many, 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 many other saints from all cultures. Every culture. The saints are there going through the same turmoil of man, but manifesting the perfect naturalness of the kingdom. If you want to know what the kingdom is, what is inside the divine reality, the saints are there to demonstrate what, what is above is so below. But it's so below in a capsule. Above, it's cosmic. <laughs> below, it's capsulated in the saints and masters. So that we can relate to it, that we can talk to it, that we can walk to it, that we can, we can see, we can have a touch point where it's not as abstract. So the divinity is hidden in the masters and saints, but it's less abstract. So you go to a Tichnat Han and you can walk with them, you know, or an in, in, infinite amount of yogis in India, you know. They're there. They're here also. Well, you know, interestingly enough, there are many, many, many mystics in America. The thing about it is that they're minding their business with their mouths shut and living beautiful, quiet lives. They're here. You know, the grandmothers or the old man or the young man walking. You don't realize what they are. You don't realize what they are. Because they're not, they're, they're not living with a megaphone. They're just living with God in their hearts. That's it. You know, they're not talking about it. It's not special to them. It's normal to them. Mm -hmm. You know, just like a farmer's relationship to the earth, it's normal to him. You know, he's not talking about it all the time. You know, his hands are in the earth and it's normal. You know, the yogis with the intimacy with all the things out there, it's normal. It's not a big thing. To a regular person who is isolated, it's different. But for a person who has cultivated these qualities or these habits, you know, it's normal. So like yogi touching things will become normal, you know. And then all of a sudden one day you'll be so shocked, your mind will be completely blown, we'll actually feel, a, I don't know how you put it, you'll, you'll feel an energy passing through your hands and you can feel it's, it, the nature of it is beneficent. You'll actually physically feel it. And all of a sudden, what will happen is every time you touch something, you'll feel that come through you. Because you've simply created a channel. You've created a loving, kind channel and the habit of goodwill towards things you touch. See? And then all of a sudden, it'll just start happening. You won't have having looked for that. You wouldn't even have to have tried for that. Simply because you started the habit of touching things with a loving prayer, all of a sudden, boom, that alchemy will happen. And it'll shock you. It'll shock you. And it happens all the time. Once it gets going, it's going. It's like the, it's like the, the, the canal is open. And it's, it's because you've created that kind of habit. And then, then nature will flow through you. You know, that kind, loving nature, that, that prayerful nature, it'll just start coming through you. You, won't even, you don't have to think about it. You don't... 
you're so surprised. You're so surprised. Like you think, who me? Half of my life has been saying, who me? <laughs> really, I'm not kidding. And it's, and it's only, you know, I'm nothing special. All I've done is done what my master told me to do. You know? He said, do this, do this, do this. Just like I'm saying, gaze at the sky, look forward and pray. And then just see what happens. But do it, do it as a regular. Because we've got a lot of our rocky nonsense to clear out. You know, when, when, when you, when you uh, create a canal, there's a lot of stuff that has to get out of the way. So we're in our own way. So the yogis are saying, create these relationships and see what happens. You know, that's why they call it revelation. You know, like, boom, you're shocked of what's revealed. So just quietly, lovingly, you know, the whole yogic process is an infinite process of experiments. And then just to be open to see what happens. When I do this, what happens? When I do this consistently, what happens? And then, then nobody has to convince you of anything. Nobody has to convince you of anything. Do the experiment, see for yourself. And then quietly, your internal life will change. The outside world is not going to change. But your, your experience of it will change. The world is, is an infinite amount of karmas working itself out. But if you can start to bring in these channels of divine energy, your experience of the world will change. And your contribution to the world will change. See?